Greetings, acolytes. I am the mighty Master Voluminous, teacher, commentator, and most importantly to you, storyteller. Welcome back to another edition of Voluminous Reads. We're continuing with the paranormal crime thriller Vator Feel Free to Die by Gift C. and Yadike Jr., available on Amazon and other online retailers. In the last episode, we witnessed the aftermath of our titular vigilante's exploits. He is now a wanted man, as per Scotch City Mayor Bahador Agassi's press conference. We were also introduced to a young reporter by the name of Tamika Ivanov, who put the mayor and police commissioner Mukasa Kintu on blast for allowing the city to be such a hellhole before the freak in the hood showed up. Tamika is the daughter of Vadim Ivanov from Chapter 2. If you recall, he was a tailor living in the southeast block of Scotch whom Vator had saved from the Hellfire crew. If you also recall, Vadim's older daughter, Milana, was revealed to be a drug lord who Commissioner Kintu had personally put down. Naturally, the quick-witted cop wasted no time throwing the girl's family history back in her face and instantly destroying her credibility as a reporter. It was beautiful. You had to see it. In fact, you can by listening to the previous episode. Or, just hear me out, buying the book via the links in the description. Seriously, it's worth it. Anyway, let's see how our girl plans to respond to being embarrassed on live television. Mika is looking over a black-and-white photo of Vator, a poster. It reads, Criminals beware. The Freebird Phantom is always near. Are you hoping it'll get tired of you staring at it and talk to you? Kahiso asks with two coffees in his hands. He passes one to Tamika, who has been staring at the poster on the bus stop for up to 20 minutes. After taking a sip from her cup, she comments, what is it that they see that the rest of us don't? Kahiso looks over the poster, pondering her question. Yesterday, another report had come in of an attack by the Blackfeather Killer at a pawn shop. Unlike all the other attacks, there was no immediate murder, which lent police to think that it had been another attacker, until the murderer's signature feather was found on the counter. The victim and owner of the pawn shop, a balding, pudgy man in his late 40s, named Patrick Walsh, was missing his hands and his tongue. He was found tied up in the broom closet, the wounds on his arms cauterized. Just like with the other attacks, the police were called in the late hours. When they arrived, Walsh's attacker was gone and his store had been ransacked. Walsh was admitted to Harrydale Hospital, where he had been found dead in the morning, a bullet in his brain. As a photographer, the thought of catching the Phantom on camera made him both excited about what it could do for his career and terrified that he would not live to find out. Maybe we should ask them, he says, before taking a sip of his coffee. Yeah, Tamika responds, already making her way to Kahiso's car. And by we, you of course mean me. You know me so well, Kahiso smiles slyly as he sits in the driver's seat. 
So, where do we start? <sighs> My father. Uh, are, are you are you sure you want to? He's the first person who's seen this psycho and lived. He even claims that they saved his life. Not to mention he inadvertently started a movement in this community in support of his savior. I, I just thought maybe you'd... Thanks for your concern, but the truth is more important than my family's problems. With that, the subject is dropped, and they're on their way to Tikan Natyesde. Vadim is currently speaking with an elderly Asian woman when Tamika and Kakiso arrived. I'll tell you, I was swamped with customers in my shop yesterday, Vadim. I never thought these old bones would make another carpet. I might have to hire an assistant soon. Vadim chuckles at this. I'm sure could one of Karina's friends could help you around the shop. They've been looking for work after what they've been through. The woman nods. Ah, I hope so. It truly was a horrible life those young girls were forced to live. Being used as- Oh, hello, Tamika! Good afternoon, Mrs. Asakaki. How are you? Oh, I'm doing alright, dear. I hope I'm not interrupting, but I'd like to speak to my father alone. She briefly glances at Vadim, who nods and says, I'll see about getting you an assistant before entering a shop. Alright, Tamika, do be sure to stop by for some tea soon. It's been ages since we last spoke. Tamika smiles at, after the old carpet maker and then turns to her father's shop and sighs before entering. She is greeted by a tall, slender woman with peach skin and auburn hair. She's wearing a long sleeve white t-shirt and blue jeans. Hello! I'm Karina, Mr. Ivanov's apprentice. You must be Tamika. Your father talked about you a lot. N nice to meet you, Karina. Tamika says, shaking the tall woman's hand. She then looks around. I I didn't know he'd taken it on an apprentice. Oh, I've been working here for a month. <laughs> it doesn't pay a lot, but the experience is invaluable. I'm just happy for the work, and Mr. Ivanov's so supportive. Tamika frowns at that last statement. Is he now? Karina slaps her forehead. <laughs> I forgot! He said to send you to his office. It's right over. Thanks, but I can find my own way. Alright, call me if you need anything. With that, Karina goes to a room in the back. Tamika sighs again, goes into her father's office, which is just behind the counter. She knocks. Come in, she hears Vadim say before entering. Vadim is writing something on a piece of quick paper, but quickly puts it in the drawer of his desk when he sees her. They hold each other's gaze in awkward silence for several seconds. Both attempt to speak, but no words escape either of their mouths. Eventually, Tamika finally says, May I, may I sit? She gestures towards the empty chair, the empty chair in front of his desk. Oh, yes, of course. He gestures for her to take a seat. She does. After a few more minutes of tense silence, Vadim offers to have Karina make some tea or coffee, but Tamika politely declines. So, what brings you to the shop? Uh, the, the starter's pistol wants me to run a story on the murderer, Tamika says bluntly. Vadim cocks an eyebrow. Is, is that what they're calling him now? Now it's Tamika's turn to raise an eyebrow. Him? Are you talking about this Freebird Phantom? Yes, he's been... busy, Vadim says with so casual a tone that shocks Tamika. 
Is it? She looks at him as if he was... No, it can't be. Can it? Is that what you call the horrific killings that have been all over the news lately? Why, why do you look at me like that? Redeem asked, looking into his daughter's piercing eyes, so much like her mother. What are you here for, really? To find out if everyone in this community has been replaced by robots, Tamika says, standing up from her chair. Or if you're all been being brainwashed. She begins to pace back and forth, much like Redeem does when he is frustrated. Or if you're all part of a cult, or... or, or... Who is he? I can't tell you that. Vadim says matter-of-factly, his expression unreadable, which only ag aggravates the young jur journalist further. Why not? Because I don't know. How convenient. You don't know who the criminal is. She should not have said that. Vadim merely looks at her, a tear in his eye, and stands up. No, no I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't mean... It's all right. He says, walking towards a large family portrait. I can understand your anger. Then, please, I need to know. Vadim shakes his head. All I can tell you is that no one in this neighborhood is directly involved. The rest of the city thinks differently. People fear what they do not understand. Mika places a hand on his shoulder. And, and help me understand. So, how'd it go? Kakiso asks when Tamika enters the car. He wouldn't tell me anything. Says he's been sworn to secrecy. So he's working with the- No! No, he is not! She snaps, pointing her finger at the photographer threateningly. Don't ever say that again! Easy, easy! I was just surprised is all. Tamika takes a deep breath. He and the other shop owners aren't involved. They seem to have some kind of understanding with the killer. So, what do we do? Mika places a finger on her lip. This story goes deeper than we first thought. The shop owners won't top talk. The cops are clueless and since the debacle at City Hall, my credibility is shot. So, we're going to have to down with the devil. The Kiesel's eyes nearly pop out of their sockets. You, you don't mean... We are going to find the murderer. Catch him in the act. Kakiso gulps. And and by, by we, you mean... Tamika gives him an unsympathetic stare. You, Mr. Photographer. Time to earn your keep. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> you see, she should have seen the look on your face. I was joking, Gage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> you really had me for there for a minute, you know. I really thought you wanted to intentionally track down a mass murderer. Oh, oh no, we're, we're doing that for sure. Hmm, a conspiracy. <laughs> I love me a good conspiracy. So, Vadim... And the other shop owners, no involvement whatsoever in Vator's, um, shall we say, hijinks. Yes. <laughs> but they have an understanding. I see. What is that understanding? I guess we'll find out as the story progresses. But for now, we're going to close this episode out.
next chapter, we're going to see what's happening with famed recorder, reporter Veronica Cruz. She is in for a bit of a nasty surprise. <laughs> One of my absolute favorite chapters in the book. Ha 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 